How many of you were a Boy Scout, Girl Scout, Venture Scout, or whatever they decided to call them in your area? Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true Boy Scout horror stories. As always, if you have a horror story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Boy Scout horror stories that will change your mind on joining the Boy Scouts anytime soon. Good evening and thank you for sharing my story. This encounter still troubles me to this day. It was the summer of 2011. I recently had turned 12 and my family thought it would be a great summer for a cabin trip. Normally, I would have been attending some sort of Boy Scout camp. Since we are from Florida, we drove north to South Carolina with my grandparents coming down from Canada to meet us. The cabin itself was beautiful, with a great view of the lake and its own beachhead. When we first arrived, I was first out of the car and running around in excitement. I was greeted by a man looking to be in his late 50s the cabin owner. He smiled at me with happiness, which slowly grew into a nervous grin. Finding it quite odd and being a shy kid, I moved along. As I searched around the area being curious and wanting to see everything, I noticed almost a circular pit under the house. It was off-putting, but it didn't seem to bother me. Finally, I noticed a treehouse that the owner was building on the beach. As I ran to it, he yelled out, Watch yourself, son. It's still dangerous. I steamed onwards and climbed up the ladder. The man was correct as the top there were so many nails poking out all around, but since I was small, I found a place to stand and gaze back at the cabin. The wood cabin seems old but sturdy with a big porch and outside storage underneath where once again I stared at the circular pit which now had my full attention. It was nothing that I have ever seen before and I don't think I've seen something like it since. I love the woods, and would like to say I am experienced, but it almost looked like a big spinning ball was dipped into the earth. I pointed it out to my father and the owner who was talking. The owner responded with, There used to be a bear that nested there, but don't worry, he's long gone. I didn't like his answer, because it seemed strange for how it looked. I brushed it off and went into the cabin picking up one of the bunk beds before my siblings could. The first few nights were amazing. Lots of hiking and swimming and everyday things that you would do. Because we knew when our grandparents arrived, we would be hanging out most of the time. When they did arrive, we sat by the fire at night and enjoyed animal watching. It's important to note the area's geography at this point. The front of the cabin faced a wide strip of dirt leading to the beach with thick trees on either side. To the left of the cabin was the dirt road we used to get to it. Behind and on the left of the cabin were thick, dense woods with a steep slope. Now, it was the seventh night that we were there. I was awoken up by weird sounds outside. Dirt shifting under weight to the left side of the cabin. The trash bins were there next to the door from the kitchen. I heard something pushing them around. Thinking it was most likely raccoons or some sort of interested animal, I should do my Boy Scout duty and shoot them off. 
I dropped down from my bunk and the noises went silent. I noticed a few rays of sunlight were streaking through the air. I walked over to the kitchen to look out the window, but before I could reach it, suddenly, these long, scratching noises were coming out from against the walls of the cabin. It sounded like long nails, digging deep into the sheets of a bed. Terrified at this point, I slowly back away. Then a bang shook the door and I jumped. Since it was only me, my brother, and my dog who were downstairs, we were the only ones who heard it. Instantly, my dog sprinted to the door barking and growling viciously like he was about to fight to the death. This woke up my brother who panicked and grabbed me and pulled out his hunting knife. He looked down at me with reassurance and told me to get to my parents' room. He then pushed me upwards towards the stairs and ran to the door and opened it. He then went away with my dog, the barks and running getting distance as I ran upstairs, and I woke up my father. He ran out into the forest with his Colt 45. About 30 minutes later, they both came back, including my dog who was limping. I've never seen my brother with the look he had on his face before that day, and he never had that look ever again. He's typically a very brave and capable older brother, and seeing him like that unnerved me to my bone. He was an Eagle Scout, and I was a Boy Scout. We had been in the woods, and we weren't really scared to get dirty. My dog had a stick through his front left leg, but he's a good strong boy and took it like a champ. My mother and grandmother quickly drove our animal over to the local vet. While they were gone, my father, grandfather, and oldest second brother and I looked around the cabin for evidence of this strange event. I was still incredibly nervous, so I kept close to the cabin and my father. The trash bins had gashed holes in them, almost like they had been punched open, and the wall above had deep claw marks in it which standing from the level of the trash bins was about six feet into the air. That's when I noticed a smell, an odd smell that wasn't coming from the trash cans. I slowly crouched down between peering underneath the cabin and where this strange pit was. There was a dead fox shredded into literal pieces. I told my father, and him and my brother quickly cleaned it up by using a shovel and tossing it into a bag and then into the trash. My dad contacted the owner who assured us that there was nothing to be worried about, but brought us a flare gun and bear mace. A couple of days go by, and my parents take everyone to a restaurant aside from myself, my oldest brother who chased the perpetrator, and my injured but stable dog. An hour after they left, I looked out the second floor window in the direction where my brother ran a few nights prior. I was petting my dog at the same time. That's when the main encounter took place. My dog raised his head alert and sniffed the air. I glanced out the window and noticed this huge bear-like creature high up in one of the trees. It was smashing my level and was staring at me. I say bear-like because it had human-like features instead of the fat, round body bears usually have. Their body was toned, sharp, and muscular. The eyes were the worst part. They were piercing. They were yellow, almost like perfect human eyes that locked eye contact with me. Fear flooded my brain and forced me into a fight-or-flight mindset. My dog, picking up on this, started growling and howling at the window. I turned to run out of the room and looked back at the creature who was now rapidly descending the tree, using its clawed hand to climb. I sprinted to my brother's room in tears, yelling about this beast that I just saw. My brother looked at me with worried eyes and said, 
This territory doesn't belong to us. Then he got out of his bed, grabbed his knife and baseball bat, and walked downstairs. I armed myself with a flare gun and bear mace and prepared myself for the possibility of this thing breaking in and attacking us. A great slam into the back of the wall knocked the cabin around and made it rock like a boat and sent my dog into a frenzy. Between the growls and barks, I could hear heavy breathing from outside and things being thrown at the cabin. A rock broke one of the front windows and striking my left leg. I turned and fired the flare gun out of the window which was followed by many profanities and yelling. After this, it all stopped. My dog was still growling and pointing at the corner of the room. There was no window facing that direction so I couldn't see, but I could assume it was right there. A few minutes of silence went by when my brother and I decided to call the police and our parents. Then, being idiots, we walked out of the front door and slowly walked around to the right side of the cabin. We started to hear a slow snarl coming from behind a bush, and my dog inside started going ballistic and jumping at the door. My brother started yelling at this creature and threw his baseball bat towards the bush, striking it. It sounded like it hit a tree, but we both know that we hit the creature because it let out a pained grunt. The black furry mass sprung out from behind the bush and bolted down the dirt road and we quickly lost sight of it. We hurried back inside the cabin, barricaded the doors and ran upstairs. We heard gunshots ring out moments later and my father's truck pulls in. I fly downstairs and open the door. The rest of my family ran inside and my father claimed a huge bear ran down the road and he fired a couple of rounds at it. The police eventually came after having a hard time finding the cabin. We gave them the story about this aggressive bear attacking the cabin. We left that night and my family likes to recall the story of how myself and my oldest brother fended off a hungry bear. But for me and my brother, that was not the case. When we arrived back in Florida, I went straight to my room still shaken up by what happened. When my brother came in, he looked me dead in the eyes and said, It looked human, didn't it? I just nodded and asked him about his territory remark when he looked down and responded, every animal has its territory and usually can keep it until something bigger comes along and takes it. Well, something bigger came and it took its own territory. What he said still makes me wonder to this day. It's burned into my mind. Looking back on it, the owner was so shaky around me almost like he knew there was more danger in the area than he was letting on and that he knew that we would be a target. This happened to me when I was a teenager. I think it was in the spring of 1998 when I was 14 years old. My Boy Scout troop went hiking in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. I grew up in a very small town in Tennessee, and the boys in my troop were people I'd known my entire life. We were all very close and knew each other very, very well, and trusted each other. We had been hiking for five days or so at this point, and it was pretty miserable. It rained every single day, and we were all exhausted and sore, and hungry. We were covered with blisters and anything else you can imagine. The adults realized we had bitten off a bit more than we could chew in trying to do a 60-mile trail, especially with the awful weather, so we changed course and had gotten off trail to spend the night in a drive-in campground, the kind of place with hookups for RVs and picnic tables and fire pits and such. There's also a central bathhouse with showers and toilets. It was in a very remote area, 
far from a town or any other house. There may have been a few other small groups there, but if there were, we never interacted with them or saw any of them. We were all filthy and wet and thus very excited about taking a hot shower. It was dark and we had finished dinner. A group of five of my friends, including myself and my friend Jeremy, who, like everyone else in our group we had known since we were babies, headed up to the bathhouse, which was maybe a quarter-mile walk through the pitch-dark woods up a worn-down gravel-walking trail. I stayed behind the clean-up, and about 10 or 15 minutes later, I followed them by myself. I had a weak little flashlight, the old incandescent kind, pre-LED. I remember the woods were totally silent. When I got about halfway to the bathhouse, I could see the light from it off in the distance through the woods. I heard a noise from my left. I looked over and saw my friend Jeremy standing by an old-school manual water pump about 20 feet off the trail. The kind of pump where you raise and lower a handle to pump up water from a well. There was a strange light behind him. Like the moon had come out from behind the clouds. I was startled to see him there by himself in the woods off the trail. I asked him if he was already done with the shower. He seemed kind of, uh, sad. He said, Yeah, it's all yours. I said okay and didn't think much of it until I got to the bathhouse. When I walked in the door, my friends were all in there and I heard Jeremy talking in from the shower. All the blood drained out of my head and all the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I had to sit down before I passed out. My friends were freaked out and wanted to know what was wrong. I told them exactly what happened. They nervously made jokes about how I must have been smoking pot. This was long before any of us had experienced with any kind of mind-altering substances, but I could tell that they believed me. Like I said, we had known each other forever, and we knew that we wouldn't exaggerate or play a joke on each other like this, at least not to this extent. I was physically shaking. It was almost impossible for this to be a joke. We all waited together until everyone was finished showering and brushing teeth and whatnot. Then we all walked back together in total silence. When we got to the spot, whoever I had seen was gone without a trace. The water pump was there, though. No one had noticed it before because it was way off the trail and obviously not in use. We got back to our campsite and went to bed thoroughly freaked out. I remember not sleeping much that night. In all my years since then, I've never been able to figure out what happened. Was there a random teenage boy in the woods who looked just like my friend? This is unlikely. Did I hallucinate? Unlikely, but possible. Who's to say? I was playing hide-and-seek tag with my Boy Scout troop at our local church. There were massive thunderstorms going on, and the layout is that from the main hall where we started, you stand looking down with a two-landing staircase to my right. The stairs continue into the basement, where two hallways form a T-shape. The hallway you enter from the stairs has kitchens and some bathrooms. The hallway that intersects has a bunch of church rooms and closets and such. I'm the tagger, so I run into the upper landing and see a red blob run around the corner, which I can see from the top of the stairs. I assume it's one of my friends because he was wearing a red shirt that day. And mind you, behind that corner is a dead end so I was expecting an easy tag. They were cornered and had nowhere else to run. Not even two seconds later, I was down the stairs and in the front of the dead end. There was nothing and nobody there. I was completely dumbfounded. 
I know someone ran into that dead end, but there was nobody at all. Mind you, my friend had continued down the hall with another player, into the basement, and as I later found out, I heard metal moving in the kitchen, and even saw figures downstairs running towards the bathrooms. As I and the only other player not downstairs were upstairs discussing my experience, my friend and the others were by the stairs because they had heard something on them. However, when they went there, they went to the very end of the hall that connected with the kitchen hallway. They saw nothing, but still heard the noises. Later, my friends told me they heard stuff on the stairs and thought that it was us coming down. We wouldn't go down there for another five minutes. We were trying to get them to come up from their hiding spots, but they thought it was a trick. And when we finally went down there, my friends came out from behind closed doors at the far end of the hallway. The thing is, when we were passing the kitchen, which is another hallway, we heard stuff being moved but assumed it was nothing, until we found them and started telling the story. By this time, I was hyperventilating and panicking, so we all went back up to the main hall where our scoutmaster led us down the stairs to sweep the entire floor. They found nothing down there. Then, when we were first where I saw the ghost, debating whether or not we should check upstairs, we heard an unearthly howl from downstairs. It sounds ridiculous, but I have never, ever heard anything like this, and everyone was scared, even our scoutmaster who was never scared of anything. He even pulls out his pocket knife and points it downstairs. We finished our lock-in, and never went back downstairs for the rest of the day. I'm sorry if this was poorly written or confusing, but I really wanted to share the story. I was in the Boy Scouts as a kid in the South Carolina Lowcountry. We'd go on campouts about once a month, and one of the campouts that we used to go to regularly belonged to a local man who owned some land way out in the country and let our troop use it for camping. The actual campsite was in a wooded area in the center of a big open field that was maybe 20 acres or so. The guy who owned the land wasn't a full-time farmer, so he had plowed the field but never really planted anything and the dirt was kind of settled and scrubby, and grass had started to grow. I'm not really sure, I'm not a farmer, maybe there's a name for that or something. Anyway, the western edge of the field was a dirt road that eventually led to the highway. The northern edge was an old field that was planted with trees along enough to go where the trees were fully grown. And it was basically a forest. The southern part used to be a forest, but it was now in the process of being turned into farmland, the trees had all been torn down but not removed quite yet, so it was just a wasteland of fallen tree trunks and roots. The eastern edge was a swamp, and there's some nasty stuff in swamps in South Carolina, so we never really explored it too much. One night, after the post-dinner cleanup, everyone was kind of settling down for the night, so a few friends and I decided to go for a walk. There was a lone tree out in the field about halfway between the campsite and the western edge of the big field so we walked out and sat under it. There was a full moon out, and the whole field was lit in this sort of luminescent type of glow, and we could see the edges of the field, but not into the forest, swamp, or whatever was beyond. It was creepy, but kind of cool. We hung out for a while, just kind of talking, and then we could see lights in our campsite across the field going out as people started to go to sleep, so we decided to head back. We got up and start walking, and I heard one of my friends say, Who's that? We all turned to look and there's this guy standing perfectly still about a hundred feet away from us. We could see his silhouette very well thanks to the full moon, 
but it was too dark to make out any details of his face. We hadn't seen anyone come from the campsite, but the guy looked like an adult, so we assumed one of the four adults who had been on the trip with us was out looking for us. My friend called out to him, and then, this is where it gets really weird. Something that looked kind of like wings slowly unfolded from this guy's head, and he remained entirely still. He let out this long, low growling and hooting sound, like imagine if a guy was trying to sound like a dog that was trying to imitate an owl. We all took off running towards the campsite as fast as we could and did not stop until we got there. I looked back out into the field to see if we were being followed, but it was empty. There was nothing in the field at all. We walked around the campsite trying to figure out which adult was messing with us, but they were all in their tents and nobody had left the campsite. Nobody believed us, of course. They just assumed we had been out telling scary stories and freaked ourselves out. But I know what I saw. No, actually I don't know what I saw. But I know it was nothing that we had brought out there with us. I was roughly 12 years old at the time that this happened, and a member of a unisex scout group, I was one of about four girls in our troop. We went to a jamboree with loads of other scout groups and camped there for a few nights. During the day, we did a range of activities, a lot of which were based in a wooded area very close to the area we were camping in. Every night, there was some sort of entertainment for us to go to if we wanted to. On the first night, the other girls and I started talking to a group of older guys who were also camping with their troop for a few days. They were nerdy, and we weren't particularly attracted to them, but they seemed nice and we had a good laugh with them. Whenever we saw them for the next couple of days, we would say hi and chat when we could. It was nice to talk to some other boys and the ones in our group. The boys in our troop were older than me and were protective of us girls. They made sure these boys knew that they were with us and we felt safe being at the scout event with the older boys watching over us. The night before we left, we had a disco. Everyone got dressed up and we went along to dance and listen to the music. By this point, we had gotten to know the boys fairly well, or as well as we could have in a couple of days. At the disco, a couple of the boys asked if we wanted to go for a walk in view of the disco and just hang out away from the scout leaders as it was our last night. Me and another girl went off with them but we weren't far from the disco and could hear and see everything that was going on. After a while, my friend needed to use the bathroom, so she headed back towards the disco tent. I stayed there and I was hanging out with the boys still. Big mistake. Looking back, I should have gone with her. How well did I really know these boys? But at 12 years old, I was naive and didn't think anything bad would happen. They suggested that we head back but take a slightly longer route. Around so we could see the stars, still within full view of the disco. Suddenly, one of the boys holds my hand. I felt super uncomfortable, but was shy back then and didn't know what to do. I saw him shine a light on our hands and wink at his mates who very quickly disappeared. Now it was just me and him. I was even more uncomfortable. He proceeded to tell me he was really into me, even though he was two or three years older and wanted to finish the trip on a high. He started to lead me towards the woods and further away from everyone else. I was inwardly panicking, freaking out and honestly not knowing what to do or say. I was in shock and frightened. I tried to pull my hand away but he held it tighter. He stared forwards and kept telling me how beautiful I was and how he couldn't wait to have some alone time. At 12 years old, this is the last thing I wanted. I really felt that if I went with him, it wouldn't end well 
and I was too scared to do anything. I didn't feel like I could get away even if I tried. Then he started to sing along to a song from the disco which was becoming fainter and fainter. Is this the way to Amarillo? I was terrified. I couldn't see any way out. During my panic, I suddenly heard something that filled me with utter relief. The boys from my troop were calling my name and walking towards us. He let go of my hand. The moment I felt him let go, I ran to the boys I knew, and they took me back to our camp. The next day we were leaving and I was so relieved. We were waiting to get on the minibus home when I heard his voice behind me. He told me he had a great night and it was a shame we got interrupted. He asked for my number. This was before cell phones, so he wanted my home number. One of the boys in my group answered for me, told him no, and that he was best if he left me alone. I'm 27 now and still cannot listen to that song. If I hear it, my body will fill with dread, and I feel sick. Thankfully, I never saw him again and I hope I never do. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Boy Scout horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a Boy Scout story or something entirely different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Stories like yours help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there as it helps us grow over there a lot. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've had t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.